What's up, tea amigos? Welcome to Fresh Steeps, uncovering the health benefits of tea for your active life. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. I'm a chemical engineering athlete who has been obsessed with the health benefits of herbs and tea for over 10 years now, and I'm honored to lead this journey of understanding tea better. Today, I hosted Naoko Sunoda, founder of Key to Teas. Naoko grew up with a love for baking and working in corporate jobs. After some tragedies in her life, she realized her passion was for tea and pursued it wholeheartedly. She created Key to Teas with a mission of creating modern-day tea culture by delivering the highest quality, innovative tea products with a social responsibility. Tune into this episode to hear Naoko's take on the health benefits of tea and how tea helps change her life in all the right ways. So grab your tea, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, Team Migos? Before we jump into the show, I wanted to apologize for some sound quality challenges that we were having on my end. You will notice at one point that for about 15 minutes, the sound quality is not right on my end, and I apologize for that. However, it does pick back up, so stay tuned and enjoy the show. Nalco, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I really love that you just nailed my name for the first time. <laughs> um, it doesn't happen frequently enough, so... Um, you're in the tea industry, I'll say, as a, as a podcaster, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I, I'll be honest, I did cheat a little by listening to your podcast and hearing you pronounce it. I kind oh, of, cool. I cheated just a little bit. It wasn't just pure, pure just go at it. So no. there was there was a little bit of that. <laughs> no, you're not cheating. You're you're educating. You're researching. You're doing your research. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. Oh, and I'm excited for this. I think, uh, like I said, I was li- listening to your podcast a lot and digging into key to teas and doing as much research as I c- could on you. And like we were talking about a little bit before, I think there's like a lot of similarities in kind of our stories, while also there's just a lot of awesome things that, I mean, awesome and some just like crazy things that have happened in your life that kind of have propelled you to this point. So, I really just wanted to hear your story and your tea journey and kind of let you go and let you just share t- with the world what's what's it like from uh, from birth for you for for your tea journey. Wow, you're going to birth? <laughs> from birth, I, exactly. It, I need I it, need the <laughs> Dude, is it because I have a birth story? Uh, which I actually share on my like that is a lot of the reasons why I'm in this business because I don't think you've asked your other guests that right (laughs) well yes I think I mean it correct me if I'm wrong please but I feel like kind of destiny for you like with the tea journey it's just been from birth you it sounds like you've had you've been in this sort of on this path so yeah that's kind of why I've Mm-hmm. framed it that way for yes you. vince is well researched okay <laughs> so you got it yeah so i was an orphan um post vietnam war um i came my birth mother uh came here right after um yeah being a refugee right after the war ended in 1975 is what my birth records say um and i was actually conceived um at a refugee camp in arkansas Um, And I share that story because I feel like we are living in this divisive world of ours. Um, 
And that was a moment in history and time where America came together. Uh, there was like no uh, qualms whatsoever to bring those uh, Southeast Asian refugees unanimously. I think the con Congress voted um, for the operation to occur. So I came by way of that. And um, I talk about that because there's a tea company um, that is really close to they they support like the saffron industry. And we see it through the Afghan community that history repeats itself. Yeah. And so ultimately, uh, yeah, my my destiny is to use tea as a vehicle for social change. Um, but anyway, so the miracle is that I was adopted by Japanese expats. Uh, my father uh, was had a corporate career both in Canada and the U.S. And they adopted my brother, older brother from Canada first. And um, they couldn't have children. So I was blessed to be adopted out of foster care. And if you look at the facts and numbers are so, you know, thousands of children, millions, if we're talking about the world, uh, who are fostered and orphaned, um, and who don't get, you know, they don't have miracles per se. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up both in the United States, uh, uh, in New Jersey, and then through my father's job, uh, we were, uh, kind of relocated back to Japan. Um, and that is when I was still at about nine years old, and all my adolescence, I grew up in Tokyo. And mm, okay. Japan is a very small country, so, you know, because of the economies, uh, Japan gets uh, spoken a lot in kind of the global, um, you know, economic community. And, of course, there's been a lot, a lot of innovation that has come through, uh, but... Um, I would say, of course, you know, we're talking about 2021 now, um, and through globalization, um, that narrative is, it's not as one dimensional, it's definitely international more so today with the internet, yada, yada. Anyway, yeah. but, um, but ultimately, I, uh, since Japan is very small island country, uh, smaller than California and Texas combined, that's the area that we're talking about, um, <laughs> yeah. I grew up understanding that tea was an agricultural product because Japan produces tea um, mm -hmm. and consumes tea. And even though, for your listeners probably know, very niche community knows that uh, Japan produces, uh, actually produced black tea first, wakocha. Mm -hmm. But um, eventually, uh, green tea was uh, became the one that was most exported, and that is what Japan does so well with that unique steamed uh, mm -hmm. green tea. Can um, I stop you yeah, and ask you yeah. a question? Of course. Why, do you know why the black tea didn't take off like the green tea? Yeah, you could Google it. Actually, Google is our friend, isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> it has something to do with World War II. Okay. Um and the exportation and and what have you. So until the fifties, I believe Japan uh, produced a lot of um, black tea and yeah. So that's that's yeah. I but you can Google. I I don't I don't quite remember other than like that World War Two era. So okay, just Google. I would say forties and nineteen fifties. Okay. And nowadays, of course, it's a niche community where um, Wakocha is becoming now more of a brand. Um, oh, and a lot of um, 
I think your listeners and tea enthusiasts like, oh, yes, I'm drinking Japanese wakocha, <laughs> the Benihuki cultivar. Um, and you see it also in the farmers. The farmers are very excited to be like, you know, they're, they're tired of just producing green tea, even though green <laughs> yeah. tea is right. There's so many varietals. There's like, mm-hmm. I would say at least a hundred varietals of green tea in Japan alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, so because like you can say sencha, but sencha can be five different cultivars blended, or it right. could be a single origin from Kagoshima, but it's the, um, I don't know, like the Goko varietal, whatever. Okay. So it gets deep for Vince. <laughs> Vince, I know you just, well, I would say inclusive of your high school days is when yeah. you shared, you know, how it began, began. And I think you're in your late twenties. Yes. Uh, right. You're already a decade in. So yep, that's, that's I know. lovely. That's wild. <laughs> I, d- I, don't, I don't think about that all the time, but thank you yeah. for the reminder. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but you were so vulnerable to share in your, in your first episode, you know, you're still learning and um, you're, you come from it from a health angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're like, I'm not an expert. And, uh, and, and you probably know, the more you know, the more you don't, you the more it becomes deeper. And yes. I'm 20 years in, and I still uh, there are so many areas that I do not know, and I'm still excited about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's incredible. That's and honestly, I would and you say I'm 10 years in or over 10 years now, and it's like I don't even know if I want to even include the high school and college years because I was still just drinking green tea bags and just like throwing them in and just drinking, sipping on it throughout the day. And it's like not even until like two years ago did I start learning about the actual cultivars and stuff. And and again, I don't even consider myself an expert. That's kind of the reason I started this podcast was to learn from people like you (laughs) and to to gain knowledge that and record it so I can hear, share this with other people while I'm also learning. Um, And so I feel like it's only been in the last two years that I've really started to dig that knowledge and understanding and it's like oh man i really don't know what i don't know now well here's the thing though you don't mention the brand you say costco um you could still buy it today but you're you're, what you drank and it's yeah um that also is actually the tea that my husband started drinking recently because um of of the health health and wellness connotation to it oh um And he's in his 40s. So just saying, um, but what what you drank was Itoen, Itoen, which is centuries old Japanese tea company. Uh, wow. They monopolize uh, the Japanese industry for good, for, for good and for worse. But I mean, not seriously, good, probably 95%. Yeah. Worse, because whatever they put out there, whatever product they put out there will definitely catch um, mm. So Itoen is very interesting, centuries old. I th- yeah, I wish I could say, I'm not sure if they're a public company or they're still family owned. Okay. Or, but anyway, Itoen um, creates a beautiful Japanese green tea bag in a pyramid mm-hmm. sachet. Yep. Um, I think it's, well, it's not silk, but it's not your everyday. It's the, it's the pyramid bag that Japan uh, mm-hmm. invented. And um, and it has kind of sn- a little bit of sprinkling of matcha in it. Yes. So I think it's super innovative for them to do that. 
Um, but the other caveat is like, okay, you're supposed to ingest matcha. And so, <laughs> yeah. but that's the beauty is because of Costco being the top, you know, they're in the, they're literally in the top 10 Fortune 100 companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Of the of United States and also dominates the global food and um, beverage uh, industry. So yeah. by putting their product placed at Costco, people like you had it accessible. Yes. And and that's the beauty of corporations. When you have a good product and you make it accessible, then you share the story. Mm. So you know, as a high schooler, the fact that you had. Um, you know, links to that product is fantastic. Yeah, that's beautiful. And how do you pronounce or how do you pronounce and say that or and spell that again? Ito Ito is the family name. I T O. Okay. And hyphen ing ing is. I would say. I mean, it could allude to ing could allude to a garden, a family, a family crest, a company. Mm. Um. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> And how do you spell that last part? E-N. E-N. Lowercase. And they're doing, let me tell you, they're doing, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, come on, yeah. I've been in the industry for so long that I love, yeah. there's so many tea companies that I love, mostly. Right. I mean, I love them all, really. Uh, <laughs> and I could speak to every single company's strengths and opportunities. <laughs> hmm. um, wow. So how yeah. long we got? We got the six hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So, but my, my point is like even Itoen, they actually created a U.S. subsidiary, U.S. company in Brooklyn, New York uh, okay. in the early 90s. And by strategically making that decision, they were able to rebrand um, and produce, you know, their teas, tea, ready to drink line where you can find it's prevalent at Whole Foods. I think you could find it at any grocery store, but generally higher end. Um, and you could buy it for, I think, no more than like $2. And mm. they really produce a good quality. Um, I'm not sure if they have white, but they do have your favorite jasmine. Yes. Um, bottled an oolong, black tea, and green tea, obviously. And they have like cans within their much. And they, they, and that's, it's steady, you know, because they're centuries. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're more than a hundred year old company. So they know what they're doing and they can still rebrand and they can still, you know, they can, they're, yeah, privately owned, I believe. So they can, you know, make these innovative decisions, but slowly, slowly, yeah. uh, you know, anyway. So wonderful company. Yeah, beautiful. That's <laughs> that's amazing in itself. I honestly, I was just I accepted that I was never gonna know what that company was again. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. So I, that was a, a beautiful tangent of this uh, of the story that you were you were sharing. Um, but I think you were talking about your your life in Japan. Is that correct? Yeah. So adolescence. Um, so tea is produced and consumed in Japan. And I think one of the painstaking uh, trends or lifestyle changes that I just it feel so ashamed about uh, is that because Itoen, like companies like Itoen, there's like Santori. Mm-hmm. Santori also, you know, the whiskey company is what they're known for, but they also uh, produce tea in a bottle. But the younger generation, they don't brew loose leaf tea in a teapot anymore. 
Mm. I mean, America millennials, including yourself, you're just discovering this, you know, exotic almost right, right beverage, and it is laden with health benefits, and mm. not it's nuanced, and you're just like right, your world has opened. Yes. On the other hand, for for those younger generations, um, and that is all inclusive of tea producing countries like China, Taiwan, um, Japan. Is like the younger generation doesn't want to, you know, do be in agriculture. Period. Yeah. Like, um, there are exceptions. Don't get me wrong. There's a younger generation, and when I say younger, they're in their 30s or maybe early mm. 40s. Um, and it's kind of like the wine industry where, I mean, you either have to be super independently wealthy <laughs> or mm. retire to have your own vineyard and you know yeah. start bottling your own wine bottles. Mm. Or, um, and kind of like that tea is the same way. It's like a hobbyists, like kind of like retired corporate, um, I don't know, salary men who mm. came by way of like some family say, Hey, there's barren land over there. You want to, you know, you want to buy the land and start producing tea? <laughs> it's like, mm. um, and Japan producing tea, the cost of it is insane. Like you, yeah. you know, I'm sure in your you started this podcast, so you've learned like, okay, well, does America produce tea? Does America <laughs> grow tea? Can you find? Yeah. Yes, the answer is yes. Um, and you have those amazing young generation farmers starting to grow it, but all in all, it's an agricultural product, and there is things that uh, humans can control. But then you're also highly, you know, uh, um. Dependent on climate and the environment mm-hmm. that that men cannot control, so um, you know we're talking about if we're talking about environment and global change, and that is really the you know the message for all of us. Um, what can we do? Uh, and so those are anyway planting the seed into your thoughts of oh wow, tea is not just a beverage; um, it really mm-hmm. uh, is changing the way. Like anyway, what I love about uh, what you're doing is you're raising your within your generation. You are raising the awareness to loose leaf tea, hmm. um, and I'm so glad that you are not um, apologetic about comparing it to bad tea bags that exist. <laughs> um, and I'm at that mid career stage too. I'm like sick and tired of. Like, yeah, you know, being apologetic for bashing, you know, product, but yeah. it, it is laden with such a bad product. But you'll hear me like if if there's a great product like Itoen, that sachet with the green tea with the matcha innovation, I will sing praises. But mm. if you are Lipton tea and, you know, you can buy 80 tea bags at Walmart for less than three dollars. There is a problem. There's, yeah, definitely. everyone. There is a big problem. Like it's not even tea is, and and the and the sad thing is Lipton started with quality loose leaf tea. Yeah, right. They bought gardens in Sri Lanka, and I believe it's Kenya. They bought the gardens so they can produce right quality mm-hmm. product that their customers were enjoying, and over the years of corporate greed. And mammon is is where it changed, and I can't believe like just how we've done to the environment. Humans can do so much damage to such beauty in the world 
for right corporate greed,、yeah. and we are doing our customers, the tea drinkers, the most important injustice by putting that product out there. And what the heck? It's just awful. So that is not just a tea industry. Obviously, it's primarily the food. But、um, you already alluded this to in your other episodes. Is that, or your guests have as well? Is that tea is going through a third wave, fourth wave? I would say Asia beverage tea innovation is in already in its fourth wave, and U.S. is a little behind coffee because it is predominantly a coffee drinking country.、Yep. Um, And you know, coffee is in the fourth wave, but in the U.S., yes, tea is certainly in the third wave. Yeah, and when you say third wave and fourth wave, can you explain that a little? Yeah, so like I have been, I was so excited to find that you had Dan and Patrick from TS to T、um, mm. as your guests、yeah. because I've been、yeah. following what they've been doing. Um, they've been fantastic because they're the younger millennials. And they opened up their company at this right timing. <laughs> There's always they haven't invented anything new,、um, right? Because Tivana did that.、Um, and if you look at their merchandise, it's really like it's like okay, you just rebranded, you know, what Tivana <laughs> merchandise was. <laughs> and Tivana was acquired by Starbucks like about two years later. So I commend、yeah. them for going, you know, having that experience in Prague, and it's really like. Kind of friendship and camaraderie, and having a mutual passion. And then, what I love about them is, right? I think they,、um, the foundation that they、um, opened, and the clean、mm. water that、uh, mm-hmm. they're doing. And I believe it was was it India or B- oh Bangladesh. Yeah.、Um, and then,、um, and you know, they have obviously poppy flavors that、uh, millennials love. And、um, and then the and what I also love about them is community service. Like、yes. They are making a splash、uh, in their local community in Chicago, and、um, and globally. So,、yeah. like for those reasons, I love you guys.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went on a tangent, but where was I going? What was the question?、Um, well, so I asked I asked you about the third and fourth、yeah. wave. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the. That's the. They eluded, right? Not eluded. They directly addressed the like tea is going through third wave,、um, and、right. that is exactly that. And oh, one other thing that I love about Tiesta Tea is that oh my gosh, in the supermarket they made a bold move to have Walmart or Safeway or Kroger or whatever、mm-hmm. you know mass grocery store to take. Loose leaf tea. Yeah, I was like, "You go, guys. You go. You go. I, you guys are the pioneers for that." Yes, I know. I love that. I think their slogans like "Live Loose" or something. And <laughs> oh, it's yeah. I know. That's then. That's what kind of drew me to them right away. Is a lot of people were coming and sharing with me Tiesta tea because growing up in the Chicagoland area, they're more popular there, and they went to college actually with. Some buddies of mine, and it was just like a weird connection. And so, when I found out like about them, I was like, "Hell yeah, they're doing it! Like they're they're doing like the the thing, and they're like that perfect bridge from the tea bags, those shitty quality tea bags that we were talking about, to the beautiful like high quality single source origin、uh, loose leaf tea." 
And like, that's where I see them. Like, and I think that's what even they claim to be is like, they're that bridge. They want to start bringing people over to that loose leaf world with the fun flavors that they have. So yeah, it's, they, they've done a great job. Yeah. And I, it really, I want, I want it to be the fly on the wall to that business negotiation partnership or, you know, sales presentation that they were in to pitch into those grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because quite honestly, we didn't do it for Tazo and we didn't do it for Tivana. Mm-hmm. And I say the we because I was part of the team. I wasn't oh, cool. part of the selling team to sell it into the, the and maybe that was the issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the other call out is you think that, you know, Tivana is closed. Yes, the specialty loose leaf tea mall stores are closed, but it still exists as a brand uh, in sachets and you can buy them uh, at the grocery store. Uh, but they're in yeah. tea sachets. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it so yeah so okay so i'm gonna end with my love affair with tst there <laughs> yes <laughs> yes oh uh, yeah shout out to those guys um so okay so let's let's go back to the your story with the uh, in japan yeah so um, i'll go i'll go yeah i'll i'll just like fast forward um i come back yeah. to the u.s for college um because i was born here i'm an american citizen if anything my parents taught me to, like you need to you need to like you need to spread your wings if if anything's mm-hmm. gonna happen to you i think i shared this in my floating teacup podcast but like if anything happens to you if like if a plane goes down Japan mm-hmm. is not going to save you. You have a U.S. passport. America is the one who's going to, you know, going to mm-hmm. find yeah. you as a headcount. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, Japan is a very homogenous country. Uh, yeah, there's like sprinkles of diversity, but ultimately it is a homo- homogenous country. Um, and so I started being kind of like that nail that sticks out. And at one point, I couldn't even like, even though I grew up in the US, I was hammered for like, I was bullied for being able to speak English. Um, And there's a lot of things uh, um, that exist. It's it's very socially backward uh, compared to the United States of America. So I really, you know, as much as there's a lot of animosity and, and divisiveness that is existing in our country today. I still yeah. believe in our liberty and our freedom and our democracy one way yeah. or the other. Um, yeah. And it's just a beautiful country. So anyway, so for those reasons, I, I was very privileged to have a college education um, in the United States. Um, and then when, after my freshman year, uh, my father was stationed at, um, in Singapore that was his last, um, he literally collapsed at the business podium um, from a brain aneurysm. Wow. And here I am, I was 18, going on 19, not quite. It was 18. I was at a summer internship um, at an like, investment group, uh, you know, college internships. You try to, you know, scan like the industry. Yep. What do you want to do in life? Um, and this is where we connect Vince you and I our stories because when you lose someone in your immediate circle so fast and I'm not sure if you were able to say goodbye um, but I wasn't able to say goodbye to my dad yeah 
And, you know, I already shared the miracle story that I was an orphan. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed with like how and I still can't come to terms <laughs> of why I was selected and like unconditional love was given to me. Um, and being a girl um, and also, you know, with the access to education is a privilege. It, it, you know, I'm not trying to talk about gender inequities, but it does exist and it's prevalent. And certainly COVID has backtracked everything that gender equity was going towards by another like 10 years. Yeah. Like, so um, I am very well aware of the privilege that I have. And the more privileged you are, you have to, you know, use that as a force for good. Um so, but I was also realistic in the sense like, okay, what do I want to do? Uh, you know, I just lost my dad. I couldn't say goodbye. I'm going to really find a career path that I love, that I really love. Um, and like you, I looked into my daily life. And mm-hmm. if you can kind of empathize a little bit, if you grew up in... um like Japan, for example, because that's where I grew up, um, you were surrounded by quality food. Mm. <laughs> I think that was like the biggest culture shock. I came uh, <laughs> for American University and it was like, you know, freshman year, there's like, you know, a contract you have to like eat at the dining hall. Yeah. Um, it's the same contract. Like, so my, my son is in college now and he luckily he's a sophomore so he can cook in his own like uh so-called quadruplex or whatever with his roommates yep. and stuff but as yeah. a freshman like there's like the dining card and it's airmark that dominates and so the food choices like you alluded to and you talked about directly like it's, it's you know i mean you actually were like in high school like you, you already talked about like the options for right healthy beverages healthy food yeah. is just like nascent um mm-hmm. it, not nascent of course it exists in like pockets of you know farmers markets and whatever but it's not accessible it's not so, yes yeah yes so anyway i know i'm going off on a tangent that's what happens when you're like in your 40s anyway, <laughs> there's so much to talk <laughs> I love about it. so ka- <laughs> i was gonna say i love it yeah so um I, I started out as a biobiology major. I kind of like played with pre-med. I wasn't, it's not like I wasn't smart enough. I just didn't study hard enough. That really is yeah, the reason. Um, mm-hmm. And I just like gravitated towards the things that I love. Um, and I know it's like ironic, but like at a, at a Western American university, I, was, I studied about East Asian studies. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's actually eye-opening because what I'm trying to get to is like, okay, like East Asia, what is East Asia? It's not, you know, it's beyond China, Korea, um, uh, Japan. Um, it could be, I mean, it's like inclusive of Asia, but I didn't get to study that in Japan. So yeah, I'm interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, and like I also learned about Japanese history, and you have to learn about history from other perspectives because you get the one-dimensional. You're not going to get yeah. the truth, right? The facts. Uh, yeah, I think that's interesting because I was listening to your podcast, the very first episode about the 9/11, and you mentioned something about how it's not mandatory to teach about 9-11 in schools these days and i thought that was like i don't i being 26 years old i don't have any kids going through the schooling program right now and i lived through that time so like it was just always a thing and i think that's interesting like i do think that's fascinating and i bet you like you said 
if you go to another country, they're probably going to teach about that because that was life changing for everybody, really, like in the whole world. Like that was a very big event. So that's an interesting, I don't know, that is kind of fascinating to like to take a step outside of the box and all of a sudden like have a third party perspective and be like, oh, this is what it's like to be non-biased and just observe what's happening. I Yeah. Yes, you get it. Do you, so as you were six years old when nine eleven happened. Yes. Do yeah. you remember? And did you learn? I mean, what do you remember? Yeah, uh, I do remember. It was interesting. So I was going to the dentist that day. <laughs> this is going to be a, a, little, a little bit of a tangent, very off of tea. Um, so anyone listening, apologies. But <laughs> it's uh, I. I, yeah, I won't get too too deep into it. My dad's a dentist, and mm. I he actually didn't want to do my dental work when I was a little kid. He did this for all of my siblings because he was afraid that if we got traumatized by him, like hurting us or drilling or something, we were gonna hate him or something like that. Like associate like that pain with something that he did to us. So. I went to another dentist and it was my first time at that dentist. Well, lo and behold, that dentist actually hurt me. <laughs> like I got freaked out because I was getting like a cavity or something um, replaced. Long story short, yes, that I did that. And then I was going to get dropped off at school. Lo and behold, 9-11 kind of happened. So it was early in the morning. The Obviously, everything was going on in New York and school was shutting down. And then we went and picked up my brother and my sister from school and came back home. And, yeah, that's the extent that I know about it, really. Um, mm. Yeah, it was – so, like, for me, it was a traumatizing dental experience that day. Mm. <laughs> As a six-year-old, like, you're – I don't – yeah, you don't know what's going on. Like, it, that doesn't mean anything to you at six years old. So, mm. Yeah, very- so so I guess we will – yes, thank you for sharing. Um <laughs> Hmm. Yes. So I think, you know, it's every, you know, uh, pivotal moment in history, like, you know, whether it's the JFK assassination, I wasn't, I wasn't alive. I don't know. But that's the generation. If you have any, you know, baby boomers who are listening, (laughs) uh, like that's the generation where I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing when that was announced. Um, I think Vietnam War was a big one. Um, and seeing the, the harrowing pictures of, uh, those evacuating, uh, trying to evacuate. And I didn't live through it because I wasn't even conceived yet, but it's only, I'm only one generation away. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we're still healing everybody from that war. Uh, and that's, we're just only talking about one event. So like Mm -hmm. 9 11. You know, when I, when I, it's just like, I, I am guilty of forgetting about the war on terrorism and why America went into war. Because I don't think at that point in 2001, I think we were all unanimous and united that not necessarily we need to go to like war physically, but we obviously we need to do something about this. And that is what brought us there. Um, and so it's important that, uh, I, I know it's, this is a tea podcast, but that is the beauty of tea is that, um, it's the second most drunk beverage in the world, no doubt other than water. 
And um, America, it just, it's just so difficult to, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I, I do know. I can, I can hypothesize and theorize why yeah. blue sleeve tea isn't as popular. But companies like Tivana, where, you know, we had 365 stores in the United States, and we were all about specialty loose leaf tea. Um, and um, I'm going to back, sorry, we'll, I'm sure you're going to, you want, I think you're going to want to ask about Tivana a little bit, because you actually talked about Jasmine <laughs> Pearls. Um, yes, yeah. Nicole, and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Anyway, <laughs> and you still have some. Do you still have I some? still have, I, actually, I might have, well, I might have used them up uh, a month ago, but I might have one serving left. I don't know. <laughs> that's a testament to quality. I'm just saying that's a testament it is. to quality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, sorry. So long story short, I needed to do something or I desired to do something that I was passionate about. So after undergrad, I went to culinary school because I actually really wanted to open my own tea cafe. And that's because I grew up in Japan and in especially not just Japan, but when you grow up in a metropolitan city like Tokyo, you've got all the high end or local, like just amazing specialty quality food at your, like at your fingertips. That's, that's the beauty <laughs> of if anybody wants to have an amazing uh, culinary adventure and experience, from the high end things to all the way to your night, you know, nightstand, food stall, whatever. Japan is a place to be. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure Taiwan and Vietnam and snippets of, yeah, Chinese areas are also up there. But anywho, um, yeah, so that, that is exactly it. Uh, but so I actually started working at a, uh, wonderful uh tea cafe called uh the teabags cafe it's now closed um and they used to carry harney and sons um and that's another company that i actually truly respect and what i respect about is because they are the pioneers of introducing loosely tea into the united states even before tivana um mm. and they started out in I think they started out in upstate New York or Connecticut for that matter. And just beautiful, beautiful story. And what I love about it is that they're in, they're family owned and they're in their third generation. Um, and they too have a podcast. And so there you oh, go. Just like you young. I mean, they're older, but from my perspective, younger, you know, it's the their children's age. So the grandchildren are revitalizing um, what tea means to them, honoring their, you know, grandfather, um, John Harney, uh, who's now passed away. But everybody can talk about, you know, him and what he has done for the specialty yeah. uh, industry. And, um, and, it, and it keeps on going. So that's a beautiful company. So, but uh, we had like an East meets West menu um and i wanted to open my own store but then i went through a divorce <laughs> and i had two young young children and opening up a cafe was not going to be um it was just too high risk and it was not responsible it was just not um doable financially so i was actually going to go back to japan i literally sos my mom i was like what hmm. what the heck what am i going to do um 
But then it's like God intervened. Um, and in New Jersey, there was a Tivana opening up. Um, so I joined that company when they were about 50 stores. Okay. Um, and of course, right? Because my vision is to have my cafe. So I was like, okay, if I can't open one, I won't open one, but I'm going to go work for one. <laughs> yes. And what I loved about Tivana that nobody was doing in the United States was that they had their uh, hundred walls of tea. Yeah, uh, like yes. the European tea houses were doing. So just you know, think about like Foshon and Twinings. Twinings, not the tea bag Twinings. <laughs> twinings <laughs> of the of the British era, uh, which the Fortune and Masons, um, and then the Mariage de Faire France. Like they all had these glorious tins, and then the customer can come in and. Oh, I'm thinking about Murchies too, which I love, which they're they're in uh Victoria, uh Canada, British Columbia. Mm. Anyway, it's like it's like <laughs> you walk into a different era. Um yeah. and and you can buy your tea by weight. And mm. and what other what people could also do is you can walk in the store and not only purchase by weight, but you could blend your own Oh, blends cool. from yeah from the teas that were available and then you know you didn't even have to pay like you could just okay so and so sir ma'am like this is your blend okay we'll put you on the you know grocery book um and this is your unique blend and you can pay later like it was like that was wow. a grocery experience period yeah right where you like, there was a community and the trust and your local neighborhood store um wow. so anyway so that's what they did Tivana did is introduced United U- US and they actually started as a brick and mortar store that was not in a mall um but it you know it just wasn't a destination so they had the opportunity to uh open their first mall store uh in Atlanta and um it's a love story it's a love affair it's a love affair of husband and wife team it's it's the beauty of international leaders and just really catapulting the specialty Lucy industry to to the masses to like you can go to a mall and every most places have like a mall <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. um they're tiered but anyway you could go and then it's like oh my gosh you know you're you're shopping for Again, I guess we're talking about a different. This we're talking about pre-Amazon days, um, but you could go to the you know mall and you buy your clothes and you shop for electronics and then and then there was tea, <laughs> hmm. um, and that's where you found uh, I think the Jasmine Dragon Phoenix pearls. Yeah, as yep, a high school exactly. student, as a high school kid, right? Right. Like, yes. Come exactly. on. And Jasmine Dragon Phoenix pearls, they're they're hand plucked and they're hand rolled. From Fujian province, Fujian, wow. you know, of yeah. all the places, and um, I don't know if you geeked out on those jasmine pearls, but it's literally one bud and three leaves. And I still remember yeah. traveling wow. to China. The one time that I got to, it's not like you know, tea buyers like you know, you go to Origin all the time. I, I guess it depends if you're if you if you follow Rishi Rishi's story, kind of like starts yep. there. I started traveling the tea, you know. <laughs> So let mm-hmm. it be, but you know, at a, at a at a bigger company like Tivana, it's not like like we did everything over email, and it's not like we were traveling every year. We should have, but that, anyway, moot point. Um, but to get that, you know, hand plucked, hand rolled, one bud, three leaves, quality, yeah, and in your so called local mall, that's a feat right. in itself. 
and and educate the customer the sampling the all the samples that we had um very proud of that yeah. moment yeah yeah that is that is fascinating and definitely i did not appreciate that <laughs> at the time <laughs> it's it makes me like look back i mean i I was the guy in the mall too. I would just like run up to the free samples, grab as like many free samples as possible, take like shots of tea and then like run away. <laughs> that was, that was me too. So I, I did not appreciate the tea as much back then. Oh, um, that's okay. As I would love. Yeah. Because that's okay because your palate remembered. I mean, forget exactly. the, not necessarily the German rock sugar or then the Belgian rock sugar that we transitioned into, but your body yeah. and your palate remembers Mm. And I thought it was funny, like when you were, again, when you were talking to Dan and Patrick, as like, they were trying to, they were trying to sell you on the latte, um, and <laughs> and you're like, but you already shared that you drink pure teas and that your favorite yeah. was jasmine. So I was like, and you were like, you were direct, like you don't drink the lattes. Yep. And they're like, they're trying to sell it. I'm like, mm 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 Listen, listen to happen. what Vince is saying. Uh, <laughs> The only person who has kind of sold me on like a matcha latte with coconut milk is my girlfriend. <laughs> and she has kind of sold me. I'll be honest. It's like occasionally I'll find one that's actually good. And but it's it's like majority of the time I'm like I try it and I'm like too sweet, too gross. Like that that's just not good. That's not high quality matcha. I can like I look at the color. I'm like that's like gray. That's not even green. <laughs> like what is this? I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i'm there with you i'm there yeah. with you i am still you know okay so i think you're gonna ask me because i became an entrepreneur and you know i think one of the like questions that you're gonna ask was like how does it feel to you know own your own tea company versus working for others i think i'm paraphrasing but that was i think one of your questions but um i am flabbergasted on how okay on the on the so we haven't even, you haven't even asked me because we've been, we like dived, we're like 44 minutes in and you, yeah. uh, but you're going to ask me what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Usually that's like one of the first couple of questions. I was excited just to talk to you and learn, learn your whole story. I completely <laughs> forgot about this. So yeah, let's take a little break. What are you drinking? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I wanted to th throw a curveball at you. Um, okay. So my morning ritual is a is coffee. Oh, I drink wow. coffee. Um, I think we have to end the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I actually wasn't a coffee drinker until I started working at um, Starbucks because Starbucks acquired Tivana, um, okay. and I was like the one of the like the entire senior leadership team uh, at the former Tivana kind of left, um, and, but so I'm kind of. I was kind of like the second tier <laughs> uh, level, um, but I got to, and then, and then just by, by way of, I, I mean, I held the keys to the, the, the tea. So yeah. um, I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity at Starbucks for seven years. So, um, cool. so Starbucks, be because every, everybody in the specialty beverage industry knows the story about Starbucks. Right. It's I mean, it's like case study at, at like business schools and maybe not anymore. Right. But yeah. Um, and there's still a I mean, they just celebrated their 50th anniversary this year. And um, if you do more research, they really it really doesn't get because it's be, it, in many ways it has become a ubiquitous brand. I don't want to say that, but it has. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I'm out of the organization, I can truly mm-hmm. just share my honest opinion. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like my children, actually my daughter, who my first daughter, she's 17. She's actually a barista. Um, now because they they have built the operations um and the community that they've built per store like is it is a story in itself um and i i really like if you if you want a teenager to go get some life experiences like become a barista (laughs) Mm. because every customer has their own own um desire of what their beverage um should be wants to be and it's everything's customized and then but so you're brewing that you have to you know satisfy the customer but you're also you know working with um food and beverage and of course the team and operations i mean it's like my son also was a barista he just he changed (laughs) yeah (laughs) after becoming a barista i'm like okay like you're thinking ahead, you know, you're taking out the trash um, without me asking. Like it was, it was a amazing, uh, awesome. like, yeah, moment as a parent. So anyway, but more than that, um, the the initial Starbucks story is that they they were a merchant at Pike Place in Seattle. This was even before Howard Schultz um, bought the company, but they were coffee, tea, and spices. Oh, and a lot of I don't know, a lot of people don't remember that 1973, yeah. I believe. And their tea, their tea menu, and I'm saying loose leaf tea, uh, portfolio was bigger than coffee. So that love affair um, existed since 1973. You were obviously not conceived. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure if your parents were even dating yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they, wait, I don't know, actually. <laughs> they were born in 61. No, they were not dating yet. <laughs> There you go. So and so, fiftieth year is is quite a feat to come by, and they're making still amazing social impact. Uh, yeah. Uh, initiatives in coffee producing regions, of course, tea producing regions as well. Um, and so, for those reasons, um, I'm actually uh, enjoying Holiday Blend. Um, although Holiday Blend has Sumatra. Uh, which is from Indonesia, and I, I don't care for Sumatra. Um, it's it's very earthy. It's kind of actually like a little bit like pu'er. Um, okay. The earthy pu'ers, not not yes. not the um, raw, you know, clean, uh, floral, sweet ones. But anyway, yeah. Um. So, uh, f- yeah. So for those reasons, um, yeah. So actually, I know this is a tea podcast, and so I'll, I'll elu- like I love the non-earthy pu'ers. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. You know, the yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. No, no. The high quality pours, quite frankly, are not earthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so I'm drinking Holiday Blend. It has a touch of Sumatra, um, but I guess there's like kind of because my daughter, like one of the perks as a barista is that you get your free mark out coffee, um, mm-hmm. and that's the coffee of the moment season. So that's what I'm drinking, and I have become a snob. So. This is this yeah. is where we become like just like tea, you start out uh, coffee customers too. You start out with a latte, that that's where I was. You see, that's where I was transitioning from your girlfriend introducing you to matcha latte. It was a long, <laughs> long way to get to where where why 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 are we talking latte? So the <laughs> coffee customer right uh, starts with the latte, but then eventually yeah. we'll get to the black coffee. And not only is it black coffee, it's not an Americano, 
which is an espresso with 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 hot water, but it is indeed an espresso, um, or it's a like a pour over, uh, and you get really distinct. It's like okay, yeah, I like my coffee from like Asia. I like my coffee from Latin America. I like my coffee from Africa. And then you go like you start honing in on which countries, and the way it's processed. Is it、mm. washed? Is it not washed? So. That's the journey of the tea customer too. It's like you first kind of like start out with like let's say, for lack of like you know, it's a sample at the cart. It's sugar laden, but it was quality sugar at Tivana. But、um, it has sugar and it's like this fruity, juicy,、yep. you know, flavor. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, you got me in. And then <laughs> and then you start. Well, actually, I think you're a little. No, you started at the sample cart too. But then you discovered Jasmine Dragon Phoenix pearls, and you're like,、yeah. what the heck is this? <laughs> it's a whole different ballpark.、Um, yeah. So that is exactly. So when we talk about tea, I encourage you to take multiple angles. Like I, th- this is what stuck out with De- Dan and Patrick from Tiesta Tea is like you don't convert coffee drinkers. It's and it's a both. So、mm-hmm. like at Tivana, we had Matevana, and Matevana was like that coffee. It was like that that robust mate. Roasted mate, and we put in chocolate pieces, and there was like carrot pieces. So it's it, it has like those co-、uh-huh. coffee flavors, and that's、yeah. like one of the number one teas that people ask from the Tivana era. Like, oh my gosh, you're like a former Tivana person. Can you bring that back? And I'm like,、mm, <laughs> I'm trying to pivot to my own, and、yeah. quite frankly, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I um. So and and here's the consumer insights data is that for millennials you're like right in there you are actually Vince do you drink coffee no you don't I don't、yeah. no I've I mean I've I dabble like once maybe a month I'll I'll have a cup of coffee but no yeah I really don't yeah sorry yeah. so you're you're an outlier、uh, but most millennials drink coffee and tea. And、um, the morning ritual, and quite, and not even, I even the Gen X、uh, generation as well. Both coffee and tea,、yeah. where coffee is the morning, and then they start tapering usually during lunch hour. They're eating their lunch, and hey, usually with like sandwiches and salads and whatever you know lunch item that you're eating. Coffee does not go well. Coffee does no, not pair well、yeah. with those those dishes. So, so what is the Beverage of choice, yeah, yeah, some tea, exactly, some so, delicious tea, yeah, and it's usually iced. Iced America drinks ninety percent iced tea, a lot of iced tea, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we have to talk the language if you want to convert people into tea. You have to talk the language of both. It's no exception.、Right. It, it goes hand in hand because ultimate. Well, I guess it depends on what the mission and values of you know what you're trying to achieve is. Uh, but it,、mm-hmm. I, 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 I really put the entire the tea. Uh, coffee and chocolate, cacao. The cacao、yeah. is all agricultural products that are mostly not grown in the United States of America. It is imported from the producing countries.、Um, so we have to, you know, globalize it and continue to talk about,、uh, yeah, the origin narrative. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. The,、uh, I've been really recently trying to understand the coffee side of things more. I was actually at a tea house here in Minneapolis. There's a, a beautiful tea house in a part of Minneapolis called Northeast. So it's just called the Northeast Tea House. And I sat down. I just went by myself, got myself.、Uh, I actually forget what kind of green tea it was. 
but it was a really delicious, beautiful green tea. And I sat next to this, these two friends and they were in college and one of them was a barista from Starbucks. And she was telling me, basically, she was like, this is my first time drinking tea, like pretty much ever. She's like, I've had tea before, but I don't include those those times. Like this is, so she just went straight from like never having tea to like gung fu session, just in like a tea house. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Um, but she was educating me a lot on the coffee side of things. So I'm like, I know nothing. I don't, like you give me a crappy cup of coffee versus the supposedly the highest cup, like quality cup. I'm really not going to be able to tell the difference. Maybe, but honestly, probably not. And so it was cool. Like when you were talking about like the washing, uh, the roasting and how like it needs to be ground like immediately before you drink the tea or the, the coffee versus where you should never buy like ground up coffee, like in like the Folgers type containers. I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to see the relationship and also the, the differences because there are such beautiful vast differences between coffee and tea like cold brew tea versus cold brew coffee so very different like the caffeine is actually lower in the tea but crazy high in the coffee and i don't just little things like that fascinate me and i'm trying to understand why so that i can speak that language to people who drink more coffee than me yeah wonderful and i i i wanted to address how amazing that you can Sorry, back to your girlfriend's recommendation of the matcha latte and yeah. how you could recognize, uh, um, you know, bad matcha from good matcha. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure and, yeah. like, in Japan, you probably had some amazing matcha, right? Well, you know, I, I guess I'm going to like plug in for myself a little bit. I have imported, so basically, yeah, please do. Uh, Japanese matcha. Um, and it's not selling like no i'm like hello i'm mm. here guess what it's like it's it's high quality <laughs> yeah um and people are not coming for it um interesting to plug in um please, please do no yeah. you can i think uh i think that's one of the like proud moments for me that i did with tivana was actually introduce leadership the founders really um and and i mean leadership team and what matcha is <laughs> Mm, yeah uh, and can uh, you so let's let's talk about that a little bit like about the what how you can notice a good cup of matcha versus a bad cup of matcha like like i was joking about like how i'm like that looks gray but like what would you recommend for someone who is listening who maybe doesn't know much about matcha they like it but they want to experiment and they're looking for a good quality cup how would you recommend they go about that Dude, that is like another like five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, is there a Spark Notes version? I mean, <laughs> Spark Notes version. Is that like the Cliff Notes version of your? Um, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Same thing. You know, it's it depends on. I, I yeah. So A to Z, matcha exists A to Z, and the proud moment for. Me at Tivana was introducing the best quality matcha that we could bring in that was USDA organic um, and kosher certified because a lot of our customers, that was very important for them, um, and still be stone ground. Uh, yeah. And then because of the, because of the, 
the sheer size of who we were, we could purchase in large quantities and hence bring it to our customers at the price we could bring it. So I do say like, um, the beauty is you can find uh, quality matches now through the indies, through the small, <laughs> like me, <laughs> small, local, you know, and because of the internet, you could just Instagram, Instagram, and you'll find um, Machalo. I met her at the Tea Expo this year. She's based in uh, California. Uh, and she's she has a point of view. Her matcha is from Kyushu. Uh, which is the southern island of Japan. That's her point of view. Uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, are like, oh, Uji is the best from Kyoto. And the, mm -mm. <laughs> do your research. That's kind of like saying, I don't know, uh, because the Kyoto Tea Board and that community is so, like, they're proud of uh, that region because yeah. Kyoto is known to be Uji. Sorry, Uji in Kyoto is known to be the birthplace of uh, Japanese green tea. That they have like that history, and it's kind of a little bit like Darjeeling has to be from Darjeeling, Champagne has to be from Champagne, and they're trying to build that. And that's why I think those marketers are doing really well. However, okay. just because it's from Uji doesn't mean that you're getting top notch. Um, and the other thing is like. Does organic mean it? Is it is it is it necessary for you? That will change your direction too. To me, it's not necessary. Quite frankly, I can't believe I just oh, said that, that publicly. Um, yeah, I'm, because I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on this. Why yeah, is that? Because organic is regulated through associations. Um, and are not. I mean, ultimately, I think you just want it to be sustainable. Right, it's sustainable. Yeah. Um, uh, the pesticide usage is minimal. Uh, um, it's not doing harm for the environment. Like I, those are much more. I think the criteria that the consumer is looking for. Um, and yeah. tea is naturally sweet, so that means you're going to have unless you're like really growing in high elevation, which is like, come on, like. <laughs> Probably like less than less than five percent of of quality teas can be grown. Yeah. I mean the vast. Um, I'm I'm like thinking. I'm my mind is all over the place, but I'm thinking about Ceylon Vitanakande, which is comes from the high elevation of Sri Lanka, and due okay. to global climate change, that area might be decimated in the years to come. It won't exist mm. anymore. But the yeah. point is, since tea is naturally sweet, you do need to combat bugs and insects that attract. Right, they they attract even like we we see it even in our like kitchens. Like if I'm like brewing oolong and I have it kind of like like laid out uh, at the kitchen table, then I'm like like a fruit fly is gonna come. Like you know, I'm like, where did mm. you just come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's it's about you know understanding kind of like the producers and the growers and what are they doing best. Um, uh, yeah. To, and so yeah. Yeah, well, so for someone who doesn't maybe know that much about a a brand, obviously they should do their their research and look into that brand and see exactly how they harvest and the the quality of the work and the workers' conditions and everything. But I think the the thought process is that organic at least kind of takes one of those steps 
out of it like where it's like if you see it's organic it's like okay i know at least there's some quality going into this how can someone view that if organics maybe not important when it comes to tea how do you recommend someone look for those things as a sustainably sourced tea where there's good workers uh or people or the company treats the workers well and the farmers well yeah, visit the so yeah, great question. So visit the company's website, look at what they're doing in terms of sustainability. Are they supporting the farmers and, you know, they'll have it explicitly, you know, written um in terms of how they leverage science and technology. Uh cuz everybody's on the same mission of trying to protect the grower. But sorry, for for the um you asked for the spark notes and the spark notes is this. my perspective about matcha um, Japanese matcha, because now I do know, because I've, I've been in the industry well, Korea is producing higher quality matchas, uh, China in respective regions. I mean, quite frankly, the powdered green tea whole, you know, ingesting it in that form was invented in China a thousand right. years ago. So, um, but, you know, I launched the Tivana portfolio in China at a specialty boutique store and I'm just sharing, no, it's not proprietary per se, but uh, what the customers desired was like, oh, is this the Chinese, okay? The Chinese customers who are willing to pay, they're saying, oh, is this matcha from Uji? And I just thought it was like really mm. interesting. The young ones were asking for, because everything is like that. It's like everything you kind of like reverse import it becomes sexier, uh, back to back <laughs> yeah. to Ito and story, but after they opened up the Brooklyn uh, subsidiary, like they rebranded to Tea's Tea, and they actually exported it back into Japan. And all the young J Japanese were like, "Oh, this is so cool! It's like from the U.S. Tea's wow. Tea." It's like, no, no hold on, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so anyway, my perspective about matcha is sensory driven, and yes, look for that vibrant green. Um, mm -hmm. And it should have the high floral notes and then mm. the creamy umami mid-palate. And it should be lingering sweet. And mm. astringency is going to exist, but it's going to be soft. It's not going to be your harsh astringency. Um, so look at those nuances. That three play is very important to me. Um, I have a stone ground matcha and I also have a non-stone ground matcha of two different regions. They're actually both blends. Um, they're not like blends, but from unique uh, uh, Japanese uh, matcha producing regions. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so so that's, that's the form and have it pure. Uh, but for everything else... <laughs> everything else if you're gonna i mean bake with it certainly if if if, hmm. if 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 money is not an issue if your wallet you know can pay for it go use that specialty uh green tea into your you know matcha chiffon cakes or shortbread cookies or yeah. what have you go for it yeah um but if you're like i think you know i would have i would love to it seems like you were an athlete or still are an athlete yeah. Um, and you know, if you're looking for the pre post workout, what have you, if you can afford it, go for the best quality, but Hey, yep. you know, when you ingest those catechins and L-theanine and whatever, you want to put it in your smoothie, you want to shake it up at the gym, like anything goes 
just mm-hmm. you know costco has a good i forget the brand i mean it's decent i would never buy well i bought it because i had to do a market check like what is out there but as a consumer of course obviously i wouldn't buy it um yep. but i'm also i'm not trying not to be biased like just because it comes from japan it's gonna be good uh no no, so let mm. me tell you this. Okay, I'm going to go. That's why I asked for five out. Okay, just. Um, <laughs> so I was at a virtual tea expo, like because of COVID, expo wasn't happening yeah. last year. Um, So it was the World Tea Expo, and they had like a Japanese organic farmer, new generation, new tea company um, uh, marketing their new matcha. And I was like, okay, that's great. Yeah, you you definitely check the box on sustainability. You are, you know, farmers in your 30s. And you certainly got a marketer who seems to have like an international education. Um, And it's fantastic. But I sampled their matcha. Their matcha Mm. was astringent. It was Mm. uh, because it was organic, like truly um, organic. Producing organic matcha is very difficult. It's a difficult feat. Okay. Um, yeah. you really have to blend. I mean, it's it's an art, and I'm it's I'm not a grower. Listen, I'm not a grower. I'm not a producer. I I yeah. am a purveyor who seeks the people who can do it, who are masters at it. Um, and so that's like that's like I'm like, come on, you know, if you're representing Japan and you're representing you need something that is modernly unique, you gotta you gotta you know get the sweet vibrant green matcha now here's another concept for those of listeners you may have who's like oh yeah i want to get into tea industry yeah i want to go into tea operations but a really unique proposition is kind of like what you were alluding to um to like under like you're just learning that coffee should be ground when you're uh just about to drink it well tea matcha is the same way, you know. You should mm, only yeah. grind the tincha, the tincha before it becomes ground at home, like when you're about to ingest it, because as you know, it oxidizes as soon as it is ground. Right. So yeah. take take that, you know, supply chain logistics nightmare out of the like we used to airship. All the Tivana matcha was airshipped in to yeah. the United States because we didn't want to like we wanted to get fresh tea right to the hands of our customer, right? Yeah. Um. So I can't airship. I right now as a little little you know tiny Correct. company, yeah. I can only ship on a boat. Um. But anyway, so so that's really it. So there's it. It just depends on how much. You know, and then you have like the Dr. Wheels. I'm sorry, Dr. Wheel. I I, I love you, Dr. Wheel, because you partnered. They have they basically own Matcha.com. And yeah. they've partnered. Yeah, Machikari. And, yeah, Machikari. And it's great, but uh, it's a little... I mean, it's on the pricier side, right? It uh, is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and uh-huh. I, I'll be honest, It's I do like their matcha. Yeah. I haven't had too many. It, it's really a delicious matcha, but like you said, really little, very pricey. Yeah, I purchased like six of the grades because they have six grades. Um, yep. Um, so for, yeah, I think in the niche specialty community which you are in <laughs> yep they fulfill it but it is pricey i mean i have to yeah. say my matcha is pricey too but matcha comes at a cost i mean you cannot it does yeah so so for those reasons if you're paying less than like 40 dollars for um 
let's say that you know 30 gram tin that standard 30 yep. gram tin uh, think twice that's not premium but if that's not you're the angle that you're going for you know you're looking for like a pick me up you're actually looking for you know i don't know mixology or sparkled or yeah. what have you like if you're in the specialty you're not going to compromise but for those right. who are just beginning and whatever yeah go like trader joe's man go 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 to trader joe's they have they have a good private yeah. label matcha they they sell like those like eight pack sticks for like four dollars good okay you know just try it and and you know that yeah. it's for those yeah so okay beautiful <laughs> no, yeah that's I, I i love it and i think that's again it, i think the, the big story after talking with so many people on this podcast as well as just talking with people in life and if you're drinking any sort of tea like Hell yeah, that's awesome. Good, good for you. It, it, I just think like starting from like a tea at a tea bag, like how I did, how a lot of people do. Um, I'm like, there's something better in. I can I can show you that there's something better out there. And but like just starting exactly if people are just starting and they and they fall in love. Like if I if I didn't know, I may I might go buy some of this uh, Ito and like after this just because i want to see if i still like it <laughs> like this has been something i haven't had since since college and i want to go see if i like it and because who knows now i know i've experienced high quality tea i'm like huh is this going to be still up to my standards even though i've now progressed my palate's progressed and so that's that's where i'm i'm at when it comes to people I'm like when i have people over for tea I try to give them that first experience of a high quality tea experience just so that their their mind kind of it like unlocks something they're like oh there is something more here and that's kind of what that prompt was with that question it's like okay what can people look for with that and just get them thinking like whether they, whether or not they still like that the quote unquote low quality matcha cool if you like the flavor keep drinking it that's that's awesome but just know that if you want to upgrade and you want to experience something that's a little bit better, it's out there. And it's good to know kind of what those steps or what those things are, especially with the, the qualitative, just looking at it and kind of giving those set, those five senses type. I do a So little side tangent. I do a thing. I do like a five senses check for, I try to do like my first cup of tea for every batch or every time I brew a, a tea for the day. I do like a five senses check. So basically just I go and I consciously go through each one of my senses and do it with my tea. So like I'll look at the tea leaves. I'll, I'll after it's brewed, I'll look at the color and see what the color is like. I'll smell it really like close my eyes, smell it, just really feel that what's happening in my body. Like when I smell like where do I get the tingles? Um, then I'll feel the warmth of the cup and like, cause each cup I brew at a different temperature. So I feel a different warmth and what that's like. I put it in my mouth. I feel what it's like on my tongue in my, in my throat. And then I taste it obviously and see what the taste like where it ignites in my body. And what else am I missing? Feel, touch, smell, sight. Am I missing anything? <laughs> I don't know. Listening. Um, but yeah. And, oh, and listening, yes, the the most bizarre one of all, I do sometimes put the cup up to my ear because some people say that you can hear the tea. Um, I don't know if you have any experience with that. For me, it's but, more like, I don't know, like the kettle, not kettle. I, yes. I, I use an electric uh, kettle now, but like listening and then listening to the water hit 
the tea in mm. the in the in the teapot, um, and then how the yeah. Lead, yeah listening yeah for sure. I like that. That's 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 a good way of of thinking about it because that one I've I've struggled with. I've literally put like the cup after I've poured the tea in the cup, like I put it up to my ear, and I can and there's something there because you can kind of hear like the steam coming off the water or off the tea. Yeah. And you can kind of hear that, and that's that's fun to for, to do as well. But to, even just to like listen to see if you can hear the leaves unfurling in the water and stuff like that, it's really beautiful. Um, but the reason I bring that up again is just things that you can do to enhance the your tea experience, in my opinion. And I that I always when I have people over, I do a men's group on Thursday nights where. I teach this every every Thursday night. We do a men's group where it's just to learn about tea and predominantly about herbal teas or tea sounds. And I just I go through this with them. I go through this process, like the first cup of tea that we all share together. We just do it in silence, and I go through that process with them and teach them about these five different senses and what to look for, what to feel, kind of like just notice the changes in your body as you're enjoying this first cup of tea. And we talk about it afterwards, and it's always it's always fun because everybody has a different experience, and everyone comes up with something new that I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that, but I did experience that, and like it's I'm learning so much from what other people are experiencing. So I I love that practice. I think it's it's been life changing for enjoying my tea more, and just for enjoying yeah the overall experience and becoming more present in the tea. That's right, absolutely. So what are you drinking? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am drinking a milk oolong. And it's this one is from uh, a store called Gung Fu Tea in Des Moines, Iowa. It is... Where do they source? They source them from all over the place. I don't know. Actually, I really don't know much about this specific one. I was going to do, probably do a little research on it beforehand because... Um, I had a feeling you were going to ask me about it, and I didn't do any research. <laughs> I was more worried about doing some research on you. Um, and I, this was my first milk oolong that I, that I really, like, really dove into. So first off, I was introduced to this Gung Fu tea in Des Moines, Iowa. Highly recommend if you're in the Iowa or Des Moines area, anybody listening, check it out. It's like you were saying, it's got the huge tea wall, like hundreds. I think it has over 130 types of teas there. And you can't do the blending of your own, at least I think so. I've never asked. I've never even thought about asking that. But maybe it would be a question uh, next time I'm in there. But it's so it's so cool. They, they break them up. They even have like a yellow tea that I still have yet to try. Um, but they break them up into all of the different varietals like the blacks pu'ers uh greens oolongs whites and this milk tea i'm i i'm gonna be honest i'm kind of blown away by milk tea or milk oolong sorry milk oolong it is just so buttery and so almost savory and sweet at the same time the smell is enchanting like i'm gonna be honest i just like smell it and it warmed like I feel it like cr- like crawl down my spine, just like warm me up, and it smells like almost like a buttery croissant. <laughs> like that's that's like the best way I can kind of describe it. And the taste is 
similar but also so different at the same time it it does have that little bit of buttery texture to it in the mouth but so very sweet and so a very small hint of a floral oolong type flavor that i don't know i like i said it's been an enchanting type of tea for me that i kind of just knew i needed to drink today for this podcast that's awesome. As you were talking, I was visiting their website and reading their story page. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very cool. Um, so, a question about, I'm curious to hear about your perspective. It's You've kind of alluded to it a little bit um, about the health benefits of tea. And that's because that's something, as you know about me, I that's kind of how I got into tea. Like, like you mentioned, I mean, I grew up playing sports. I was in, in sports my whole life and, uh, in football and wrestling and lacrosse in high school. And even now I do, uh, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I like to work with tea and different types of teas. And this is where like the tisans kind of come into play as well for enhancing my athletic performance and for just making it more enjoyable and for recovery and just to, yeah, just kind of just enhance everything about it. So I'm curious what your perspective is on the health benefits of tea. And um, that's both the Camellia sinensis tea. I think we'll stick with that for now. But if you, I don't know, have your favorite herbs or anything, by all means, you can talk about that as well. Yeah, it's really interesting because I really, I guess, growing up in Japan, um, I always knew about the catechins, like catechins. <laughs> we struggled with that yeah. one in terms of like education and learning and training, whatever. I was like, it's like, what the heck? Like catechin, it's spelled catechin. <laughs> um, but in Japan, like katekin is like just prevalent. Like, you could buy, it's, um, but they're... Have natural amino acids. Everything is is is, is amino acid because there's like thousands of amino acids in tea. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I've never so green tea is healthy and like in United States, um, like I I guess I struggle with that. Believe it or not, because I've never seen tea from like the healthy angle. Like it's it's a given. It's healthy. Like botanicals given all of that. Like, you know, the natives, the natives knew about, like, I think you were talking about nettle, like nettle and all the botanical earth given, right? God given botanical ingredients that exist in the world. Man didn't plant it. Sorry, I'm saying man, human didn't plant it. Human, yeah. It has existed. And I bet you we haven't even discovered a lot of them. So I don't, I, I really struggle with that mm -hmm. one because I know like we've used it as a tactic to sell more tea because when you're going into mm -hmm. new territory like the United States of America, which they don't know enough about tea, you know, you know, but I will say that to other countries in the new generation, like not the health benefits, those tea benefits haven't been passed down. Like we have the older generation needs to, I guess, continue to educate um, but anyway, so I actually, so my angle that I take is culinary. It's, it's always been about culinary. Mm. Um, my, my, my first love was cookies. Um, I actually wanted to be a pastry chef 
And yeah. when you're talking about baked goods and pastries, tea and baked goods is a marriage made in heaven, as you know. Because I was like, you're like sharing, like you made Earl Grey shortbread cookies. I'm like, what guy makes Earl Grey shortbread cookies? Which is fantastic, you know? <laughs> it's just lovely. So, yeah. but they go hand in hand. So, I don't think, like here in the United States, everything has to be supersized, gulpable, and all the functions mm-hmm. in one. And like, we're on the go. And, um, but no, like, so I love tea, um, baked goods, snacks and what have you and tea should be its sacred self yes like so i'm the proponent don't add milk don't add sugar um and if you want the sweet then let it come naturally from like the hibiscus and and Mm. and the Mm -hmm. apple pieces and the you know citrus pieces and just let it let it sing by itself and so that's what i brought to tivana is like so with my culinary background i we created these proprietary blends that are so unique. It looks good. These quality, like hibiscus. I know TSAT was like kind of like geeking out on the orange pieces, but yeah. did it first. Sorry, um, <laughs> but like these freeze dried right fruits and and these vibrant flowers. It's like visually enticing. You know, a rosebud is a rosebud. It's not like shriveled <laughs> in a, yeah. in like a floral tea bag or whatever. So. My angle has always been that. And I think that angle opens up more possibilities because right then like you're it's that's the new wave. It's 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 like it's not it's not like tea can be really stodgy, right? It could be like this uh, old and that's what I I was excited talking to you today is because you're a millennial, you're younger generation, you're male um and you're in the not only you're in the fitness group, but you actually do appreciate communicinensis. Um, and of course, I've, mm. I've seen you actually hone in on botanicals. But yeah, yeah I've always... And, and it interests me because um, one of my pride joys is I, I do go to the gym with my husband four times a week. And at this mm. age, literally your body... And it's also having kids and stuff. Like it does shut down. Your metabolism isn't the same. And so we've kind of like right. started doing deadlifts and squats and like i'm really like i'm like you know working out with only 20 year olds (laughs) um (laughs) and it's definitely made me stronger but the irony is i actually don't like i don't go to tea for my uh pre and post workouts i actually go there's a specific electrolyte beverage that i like right now it's it's in powder form and i put it in my water uh isn't it weird it's so weird but so but on the other yeah. hand, you know, I'll be drinking five types of tea within the day and whatever m- my mood <laughs> yeah. suits my fancy, right? Um, yep. And I certainly started cooking with tea while I was at culinary school in 2001. And so it's just interesting to see other, you know, kind of like chefs starting to recognize, oh, yeah, tea is a culinary ingredient. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. sorry, I'm sure that's not the answer that you're looking for. But, um, yeah, I've never... It was the perfect answer. Oh, was it? Okay. But, you know, my <laughs> husband... It was your answer. Yeah, my answer yeah. to you. Um, my husband, on the other hand, is like, he's all about like, he's very price conscious. That's what I love about him. Um, mm-hmm. And he was drinking like um, this Chinese commoditized brand that you could find at Walmart or you could buy like a hundred bags for like $5, like no more than $5. Just like a what? Yeah. Um, and it really was awful. Like it, it was not doing China yep. teas any justice whatsoever. Like it was sheer. Yep. Like you just want to create a business and you just want to sell something. 
Um, so that's why he was drinking. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then he found your Ito and Matcha tea, green tea yep. bag at Costco. Yep. And of course, it's very like price, price friendly. Um, and yep. thank goodness it was quality friendly too. So that's what he started bringing to drinking every day. He just puts in tea bags in his tumbler, you know, pours water and on his commute, you can let it sit there. It's, uh, it doesn't, I don't think it becomes quite astringent. Um, no. good quality product. So, I'm proud yes. of him, like because he wasn't a tea <laughs> drinker, but yeah, um, but he 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 started drinking that, and I'm like, it doesn't matter, like to what we were trying to talk about, whatever you do, you, whatever makes you comfortable, um, but continue, to, you know, I think I think the worst though is what we need to continue to do together and within your community and all of us is we definitely need to just continue talking about like there is bad stuff out there. And yes. if it's sedimented and it's like yellow and brown and like, we're not talking yellow tea. We're not talking like mm. uh, carob pieces or cacao husks, which should be yep. brown. But your tea should be vibrant in color. It should be the color mm -hmm. of the rainbow. Vibrancy, fresh, fresh. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about the, how your husband he is now a, a green tea drinker and kind of made that switch to the Itoen uh, type tea. And I, I think I agree that that's, that's awesome. Um, the one thing I, I, when I talk about the health benefits and, and you mentioned how, if that was a sufficient enough response to my question, I think a lot of times people assume and in, it's probably this way because I talk a lot about the health benefits being the, the physical health benefits of how the chemistry of tea works with the with your body and everything. Um, but a lot of times people don't talk about the, the health benefits from the mental, emotional, sexual type atmosphere of tea and how that plays into those health benefits. Uh, do you have any thoughts on those on those? Well said, Vince. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. Yes. I love it. I had a lightning moment. Boom. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Well, yes. Tea, uh, mental health. That is the place for sure. Um, yeah, I can't I can't stress enough. Like I I'm not Buddhist, but I grew up in Japan, so I appreciate the practice of meditation. I was I guess privileged to be able to experience it at temple growing mm -hmm. up because it's so readily available where you're in the present and obviously it's like yeah, I think if I didn't grow up in Japan, a lot of me would be different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um yeah, and you know, there's just so so many things that you only appreciate when you get older. You're not old enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but we did. I was okay, so we didn't really directly address it. But was I? Did I assume right in terms of you losing a dear friend? Um, oh yeah, I mean, so there's a few things that we we kind of mentioned and alluded to at the beginning that I don't know if we ever yeah. talked about. So. Um, Yes, I did. I did lose a, a close friend of mine. He uh, he was 25 at the time, and I think I was 24. I think he was a year older than me. Um, and like you were talking about with your father, it was very sudden. And 
it was this was the end of 2019 for me and there was honestly it was a really shitty end of the year it was a it was one of those moments and this is kind of what I was alluding to what I what I thought I had heard when you were talking about your 9-11 experience and how you experienced it almost like firsthand and you were talking about how it was a pivotal point in your life and this isn't when you talked about this in your in your podcast um that like 2019 the, the end of 2019 was a pivotal a pivotal point in my life because of the if you want to call them traumas or traumatic experiences that I just like kind of went through whether and it was a few personal things um like within my family just some some things going on between my sister and our relationship and then my brother he got diagnosed with cancer at the time and on top of that my friend died and i just realized how fleeting life is and how literally i'm like my brother's 30 got gets diagnosed with cancer my friend is 25 and he just died i'm like well i could be next like i mean what like why like why not like why can't i be so I was like, I got to do something that I love and that I'm passionate about. And just like you said, like I, I took that time to really dig into my daily routines and what brought me joy and what gave me energy throughout the day. And at the top of that list was tea and thus Fresh Steeps was born. So, so yeah, that was a longer winded response. But yes, that's, that is what happened. Ooh, thank you for sharing is your brother okay or yes yeah i guess i should there's a it's a happy ending for for my brother at least he's uh he's been he went through chemo he is cancer free after um going through chemo for a few months um it was it was a miserable few months but he was uh yeah he was fortunate where it worked it worked super well the chemo knocked everything out and he hasn't hit that five-year mark which for anyone who knows what cancer is like the five-year mark is the the what people aim for um i think he's at the three-year mark now oh wait that was i guess two years we're 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 approaching the three-year mark where he'll be cancer free so yeah it's uh so he's good he's good Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. So, exactly, yeah. So, it's when we lose something and when we find that life is ephemeral and, yeah, that tomorrow may not come. Yeah, then you that catapults you into really surrounding yourself with, you know, people who are going to love you unconditionally and support you in any way and also... Yeah, really uh, understand that the the trifecta of the mind, body, and spirit. Um, it's just life is too short. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that that's fantastic. I I I hadn't spoken directly about mental health. Um. Because there's just a couple of there's just so much. I think mental health. We're just mm. starting to unpack it. Uh. Here in the United States, and yeah. that's what I love because I feel like we always bring these you know, epidemic issues to the forefront, um, kind of like earlier than Asian countries, as an example, because in Asian countries, it's like, no, you stay quiet. No, we're not going to discuss, you know, Mm. um, feelings or emotions or, um, 
But anyway, I mean, even though I grew up in a, you know, I was adopted and a lot of Japanese don't adopt. I mean, completely like liberal, um, non-traditional Asian family. There were these still like cultural things where you don't talk about. Um, and I think as a parent um, of three, like they remind me on kind of the habits that I uh, learned as a child um, of not talking about emotions or, you know, suck it up and like just move on things. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, my husband reminds me too. It's like, don't be dismissive. Um, <laughs> it, it's like a contentious uh, topic and has been. Yeah. Um, so I'm still learning on this front, but I think it's amazing that you can, that question is very poignant. And um, in terms of those, your listeners, and I mean, we all are nodding our heads that like tea is a direct, there's a direct correlation between considering how tea was spread by Buddhist monks and mm -hmm. was the beverage for monks to um, meditate and pray, right, on a daily basis. That's that's the right. piece that I really just, I guess, took for granted. Um, and I'm very happy that um that's that's that <laughs> in the american tea industry and culture and these are actually topics that came up and especially with covid uh where mental health has just exacerbated and i i can attest to it because as an entrepreneur i've been siloed and i i haven't had like even like you know creating business relationships and the suppliers and all of that has been email and everything has been just me myself and i uh stuck um you know, in my office, and it's been very hard not to have people interaction, especially if you're also someone who's like naturally gravitate towards people. Um, yeah. Like we all, obviously, we all as humans, like we need um, human connection and touch, even though some people <laughs> may think that they don't, but yeah. <laughs> as a, naturally we do. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I, I kind of was like, um, like I'm a startup tea company, uh, but one of, um, I just posted on Instagram, um, Thich Nhat Hanh's quote, um, mm -hmm. which really kind of like just sums it up uh, beautifully is drink your tea slowly and reverently as if it is the axis on which the world earth revolves slowly, evenly, without rushing toward the future. So the practice of, yeah, really appreciating what you ingest um, and it fulfilling your healthy mind, body, spirit, and soul is very much important to me. So I'm going to continue to hone that angle. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the physical efficacy of, of, of tea and botanicals, but continue to kind of like, yeah, re rediscover myself. Um, and the mm -hmm. cultural identity that um, that was given to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, I've, it's, it's such a tricky thought for me too, because like I said, I having a chemical background, I love digging into the health benefits of tea from the physical standpoint. So like, I love learning about how L-theanine works in your body. I love learning about like how the L-theanine and caffeine combo work together to create, to give you this calm meditative focus that you talk about. But, and, and that's like almost like the basis 
and because like that's like to me the foundation of okay well why does this make me feel so good like why do i love meditating with tea like obviously it gives me this the the meditation alone we know about it we're starting to i think open up to it in the scientific world of oh yeah you meditate 14 minutes a day there's a lot of great research if you meditate 14 minutes a day little distractions in life and things that would normally trigger like an anger response just don't happen as much so it's like okay meditation is great now you add the combination of tea there and it gives you this calm meditative focus just naturally because like the, the matcha or the tea and then all of a sudden it enhances that meditation but like why is that well maybe it's because of this l-theanine and caffeine combo and see this this is like a, i'm giving you an insight of my mind <laughs> like where i like to boil things down and how I like to work through these things. And it's it's fascinating to me. But there's just like the art of brewing tea and bringing people together, the community aspect like you've talked about so much. And um, that's I've mentioned it countless times on this podcast about that that's kind of a goal of mine with this show is I, I really would never have an opportunity to talk to you unless I had this podcast and to come together and to meet you and to hear the story and see the similarities in our life, even though we've gone on very different paths, it's beautiful and it's humbling and it's, and it just reminds me and it inspires me to keep forward and keep sharing my story because I don't know who I'm going to relate to if I don't share my story. Like, and then if I don't share my story, it's just, I'll never relate to anybody. So that's, yeah, there's just, I say, I use the word health benefits and it automatically gets kind of funneled into a thought process. It gets narrowed. And, and now I've asked this question so much and I'm realizing this and I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity, an opportunity to hear the word health benefits and let's expand that. Let's expand that knowledge into, okay, yes, I'm talking about like, how does caffeine work for your body and does it boost your metabolism so that you can shed some pounds? Sure. Maybe. Awesome. You're not going to do that though. Like when people talk about tea for weight loss, it's bullshit <laughs> in my mind. It's it's just yes. all bullshit because if you're eating five pounds of donuts every day, but you all of a sudden incorporate green tea into your life, you're not going to lose any weight. Like it's that's just silly. It's it's a whole it's a whole lifestyle, and that's the what I've noticed is tea is just when you start really digging into what tea is. There's a lifestyle behind it. And for me, I'll speak for myself, it has made me a healthier, more loving, more compassionate, more open person. And I've been able to share more about myself and a more emotional person. And I believe that can transcend to other people as well. And that's when I talk about health benefits, I'm now realizing it's like, okay, share that with people, share that it's more than just the L-theanine. It's actually this. And that's the end of my rant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, that's a wrap. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. I do have more questions for you, so it's not actually a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, come on. We can't. That's it. That's it. That is absolutely it. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it. I'll edit this to the very end of the show. How about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... I know it's like right like how do you how do you transition from that 
Well, um, I have. Um, I did want to share. Like, so, like, it's already noon, um, and so I, I have my morning coffee ritual, which is yeah. usually pour over, single origin, what have you. But I, tra- I have transitioned into my matcha. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> How are you feeling with that? <laughs> I love it. Matcha just unpacks so much for me, and I, I'm, I'm really happy to have been a catalyst to drive the matcha education in this country through Tivana. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also kind of like back to the connection. Like I named it Waka. Like I have Waka in sight, but Waka is like an ode to my maternal grandmother who lived till a hundred years old. And, um, and then like Kita Tees, when I opened it and it's dedicated to my mother, my adoptive mother, the only mother that I know. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of, um, heart that has gone into the matcha, but then the irony and the reality sets in is like, wait, I haven't sold too much. (laughs) So that's like, (laughs) that's like the, that's like the aspiration doesn't meet reality. Now go, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Okay. But I love, I love my matcha. Mm. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you drink like the same teas every day? I want to say yes and no. That's the, that's, that's, that's the answer of tea drinkers, really. Um, but over my career, <laughs> everybody would ask, what's your favorite tea? What's your favorite tea? What's your favorite tea? And yeah. I, I really just yeah. got sick and tired of hearing the same question. So I had to come up with a quick answer. And it is the truth, but it is matcha. Matcha is like my ultimate favorite tea. Um, but yeah. right now, I would... Oh, and then I'm I'm also like typecast, but I'm so there is um, an Earl Grey or maybe Darjeeling with my favorite, you know, baked good pastries is no brainer. <laughs> Although I can't ha- I can't afford yeah. to calorically eat baked goods every day. So that doesn't happen uh, every day. <laughs> but I do go towards my bourbon vanilla rooibos. Because it is phenomenal. Ooh. And recently I was in a cohort where um, there were a lot of South Africans. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just so grateful to have made a, a couple more South African friends. Um, even though I have been working with rooibos green and red forever. Um, because that was like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's, it's and talk about like the antioxidant health benefits that don't get talked enough and it's good for allergies and whatever, but that's not the angle. I love the vanilla, the soft vanilla. It's caffeine free, so I could drink it in the afternoon and evening. So it's my cup of tea for sure mm-hmm. uh, in the evening, every evening. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and so I'm going to defy what I said, but I brew it double strength and then I put a little bit of almond milk, a splash of almond milk. And it's so good. It's comforting. Mm. Um, yeah. And then right now, uh, I'm kind of like, I, I also do wholesale. So I've been kind of like engaging with others who are, who want like, yeah, like the autumnal experience, but it depends on whatever, what product they're selling. But uh, recently I've been talking about the toasted oolongs. Um and I think the season, mm-hmm. like I, I'm in the greater Seattle area and it's raining every day. <laughs> it rains every day. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday was pouring, but in a cold, wet season, you can't negate the really comforting, nuanced, toasty oolongs, um, without a doubt. 
Um, And then I have seasonal blends that I highly recommend for those who are almost, um, they're looking for the whimsical seasonal holiday, which would be, well, obviously the chais are, um, are, are, yeah, anyway, chai is not a monolith, so let's just end it there, but um, I have (laughs) a spice, uh, a rivas that has like the spice apple cider uh, notes to it, like the hibiscus and cinnamon and beetroot mm, whatever yeah. um and then and then i have the double chocolate peppermint which is very close to this holiday it's a it's a holiday whimsical blend um it's chocolate mostly um creamy it's got coconut sugar in it um so it's like a decadent tea um so wow that was a long answer <laughs> no it was, it was again it was, it was beautiful um I so let's let's talk a little bit about key to teas. Obviously, I want to I want to make sure we we touch on on your company and and your brand and everything. Um, first off, I saw that your the name it was named by your son. How did that? What, can you explain that? Oh, good job, Vince. Yeah, I it's like I think it's a testament that. So like brand is brand and I'm at the stage. I just started up. So it's like, I'm very thankful. One thing I'm super thankful is because of my 10 year T career at other organizations that like it's word of mouth spread and they're like, Oh, now goes open up mm-hmm. a tea company. Let's check her out. So I have been able to send teas throughout the country and internationally. I'm not like, what the heck? Like I wouldn't have had the opportunity. On the other hand, um, yeah. like if it was if it if it was all about my brand, then I would have named it Nalco, <laughs> even though it's like a different difficult name. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna make America understand who Nalco is, um, or called it Now or whatever, um, which I contemplated, but that's not the mission. So, Kita Tees was just, yeah. <laughs> and then my husband went into the direction. I was like, you know, like um, community. Uh, you know, ingenuity, like those. And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it, it is really about opening the doors, opening the doors to, you know, your heavenly teas. So it's like, okay, key is key. Mm. Um, but to tell you the truth, and I actually don't mind, this is the beauty of being an entrepreneur and you're accountable for what you say, is it's not trademarkable. Yeah. Like I can, I can't, officially mm. register it because there is a Japanese coffee company out of all places. It's so ironic. It's really interesting. Um, which has like this really wow just old school brand, which they're not really making yeah. a splash in Japan, but they're a really old company, at least fifty years in. Um and so the US trademark guy was like, mm can't nope, they're registered in the United States, so you can't have that because you're in the same coffee and tea. Oh, and here's the thing. They the US trade um registration, right? They actually put coffee and tea into the same bucket. Huh. Does that make oh, interesting? Can you hear me? Oh, are you like, yeah, yeah, are you hear. digesting that? So that means, <laughs> yeah, this is my assumption. That means, like, okay, you have, let's say, Serenity, and you're a tea company, Serenity. You want to register trademark it, um, but you you're not carrying teas. You're carrying coffee. Just for an example, you can't. If there is a Serenity tea company, if you're a coffee company, mm-hmm. you won't be able to get it. 
because it's bundled. <laughs> okay. Which is like, really? Yeah. That interesting. is hilarious. Like, I just had to. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, so yeah. sorry. You asked me to talk about the company. So, like, yeah, it's a startup and I'm just thankful. I think the most thing that I'm excited is I get to like decide who I get to talk to, like people like you, um, with like no no um, tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I literally I was the face. I I was actually the face and brand of T- like Tivana. Like if you had to put a put a person behind the brand, I mean that's how the founders positioned me in, which I'm like super grateful for. Um, and then by the time I was at Starbucks, it was like, yeah, you're just surrounded. You have to obviously play the corporate, you know, I mean, if you Googled me, you could find that I actually partnered with Oprah through Starbucks to de- develop her chai. And wow. those opportunities were awesome. fantastic. Um, but at the end, but at the end of the day, like you cannot be Naoko Tsunoda per se. Like you're, you're the, yeah, you know. You're the face or you're representing the company, someone else's company, or the shareholder's company. <laughs> so you couldn't be true, true. Like you just couldn't <laughs> yeah. say everything and anything that you wanted. I remember one time I started kind of like um, entering comments into like social media, <laughs> yep. Facebook. Um, and I was like, mm-mm, now you cannot. Like I was kindly told, <laughs> even though I was like the... <laughs> And it was all like I and and one of the followers like really called me out on it. Oh, I still remember like one of the just lovey, loving, loyal fans of Tivana had posted, how dare you put Tivana onto the shows and sachets and, you know, into consumer packaged goods. That is like just blasphemy. Like, really, I'm paraphrasing, but it was awful. And mm-hmm. then I was like, yeah. I, I had like my corporate hat on, um, but I was like, you know, we put them in sachets, you know, and then like we tried to protect the blend, integrity of the blend. Um, and I was just like, how much are they paying you to say that <laughs> um, was a response. And I just feel like that was like, like my soul just died over as much as experience I had. I, I won't take it any like. I'm super grateful for the experience that I got to play. It's almost as if I will tell you, like, I mean, it's, I've yeah. had an amazing career, no doubt. Like, really, it's like, it's like you, you better do be doing something darn good, uh, social good, <laughs> or you're like, you're just, then it's like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not worth it. So, um, yeah, so that is my mandate. That is the mandate that I have received that I have to be using tea as a catalyst for social good, no doubt. Um, but there were soul crushing moments um, at a corporation because you, 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 and, and also I, I think what I alluded to earlier was I was one of the few left to have migrated to a larger corporation to represent the T category. Um, and so I'm just, you can't, one person myself, you can't make decisions. Like innovation doesn't come fast enough, there's compliance. There's com- regulatory compliance that sucks the innovation out of you. Um, and then just, yeah, the format. It just, it's like you have, you, you don't answer to tea consumers, you answer to shareholders, yeah. um, where you have to report quarterly earnings and, it, you know, da 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 da. So 
a lot of the I've 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 witnessed a lot of people who lost their jobs through the old Tivana get replaced by the new Tivana, which was through another corporation through the buyout um, acquisition, and that mm-hmm. like the human human aspect was really hard. But at the end of the day, the genuine uh, acquisition, the, the acquisition, you can call it, it was a merger and acquisition. At the heart of it was beauty because it really was Howard's wife who uh, discovered Tivana through a mall store. And mm. she loved the blooming teas. I don't know if you remember the blooming teas, but there's this, yeah. the blooming teas. They're, they're, not, they're not tasty. They're really just visually no, beautiful. No, they're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> But we we made it a pack like we were if we were gonna you know launch and design something then it really has to be using high quality white tea, which not yeah. a, not a lot of tea companies were doing or could could do because of like the general size of it, and then we flavored it with yeah yeah because they're they're the way they're made is not quite ethical. <laughs> Hmm. Oh my gosh, I get their hands sewn and like, oh my gosh, like you don't want to witness, although I have witnessed and it's it was quite a tear jerking moment to see them, all the buds and the leaves being hand sewn. They're hand sewn mm. by women. Wow. It's insane. That's like Chinese tea innovation at its yeah. best in the 21st century. But anyway, um, long story short, so she fell in love with those blooming teas and was like, hey, there's this, you know, like artisanal tea company. You can find them at the mall. Go check them out. Uh, because Starbucks, beyond the Tazo acquisition, they wanted to really kind of like break through, um, you know, the other beverage. <laughs> they wanted to do uh, what they did for coffee with tea, no doubt. And I got to witness that. And I got to hear and not just witness it, but have conversations with the senior mm. leaders on how, but the execution was just, you know, at, at a company at that scale, the execution is just, it's, yeah, it, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know you're not asking, but I'm like, like tangentially answering <laughs> the questions that you may have asked. <laughs> yeah, no, I, they're all, again, all, I love that because these are your, your responses and I love these paths that you go down. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the social responsibility aspect of key to teas because I love that that's something that you feel so strongly and feel so passionate about, um, especially because the ones that you've decided to align with the uh, nonprofits, I believe, are all very related to you, it sounds like. Um, but before maybe even touching on those, I have like a personal question because this is something that with the whole it's i don't know how to word this it's like the the fact that i am a white man in the tea world sometimes i think like i don't want to overstep my boundaries and i don't want to cross any lines that where i'm stepping on people's toes or i'm doing something that's not proper or respectful or, or in a way that's not respectful to the culture of tea because it's not on a, it's not a white man's culture, to be honest, and something that I've just enjoyed in life and talked about, and now it's become a part of my existence. But from your perspective, what would be, I guess, um, advice or ways to go about this where I can honor people's traditions and stuff and not step on anyone's toes while also doing this and going through this this life and culture 
Mm, good question. So many things come to mind. So many yeah. things. I'm gonna like hone in on your superpowers. So your superpower is the platform. Thank goodness podcasts are becoming so approachable and like one of probably the fastest growing mediums, uh, right? Media, excuse me, media platforms yeah. to be able to have these authentic conversations. Um, so the platform, you've already gained so many listeners. You've already had amazing guests on your show. So keep on honing that and expanding that. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Um the second thing is it's it's you're you're relatively young um and it's it's the long game those who yeah. really love what they do especially the, it's like you know you just used gong fu tea as an example they're like okay they've been business since like 2003 it's personal they're two white men um let it go like you know harney and sons founded by a white man <laughs> rishi yeah. white man um uh, so it's, it's okay, uh, because you're going to find your superpower. The other superpower that you have is you really, really nailed it in terms of let's talk about the holistic mind, body, uh, spirit, right? Which, which right. impacts the soul. Um, and you got it there. Um, and then the third, third is your youth, your generation, your, you're probably on the younger side of the millennial is, is yeah. that that's that's the you're here to disrupt the status quo? Mm. Who gives a shit? I'm sorry, just pardon. right. Who I I excuse me, One of my pet peeves. I'll say this out loud. Is like Japanese chanoyu. You know, Uda. You know, chanoyu coming in. You know, of course they've got like the centuries. Well, again, the truth is, matcha was founded in China. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> But like, yeah. okay, yeah, you've honed this, you know, and, and let me tell you, matcha, matcha chanoyu was actually started by men, Japanese men in, mm. uh, it was really, uh, Ura, um, uh, going, uh, samurai going into battlefield. They, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'm not, I may not come home. Like, this is my last day. What are, what am I going to, you know, hone in on? We're going to celebrate with. Uh, matcha as a beverage because sin nodikyu sin nodikyu is the one who really kind of like intru- like re like mm, made the matcha uh, part of the ritual of the of the shogun um, who were going into battle and it was like to yeah. what kind of um, I can't believe I'm we coming here but it's it ties into you don't have tomorrow right surround yourself and then and also it's like the mental awareness and being mindful being the present and um and uh, so that that that's literally how much as the the tea ceremony then would then branch from that history, and then like these schools of you know women would then come into play, uh, and 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 it's just like it's okay to show the chasing in a photograph. Hey, you know, it's okay to blend matcha in a smoothie because hmm. the mission is to protect the Japanese tea growers who farm this. Yeah. And you have to have tea consumers in every way to drink this. And you're not going to be approachable if you're going to continue to make it so, you know, the ritual, there's a place if it's like a martial arts, you practice jujitsu. It's, it's a long endurance game, mm-hmm. sure. And you have respectable traditions. 
like martial art, right? You've got your form and your presence. And I don't know, I'm not a martial artist, so I'm only <laughs> assuming. But it's yeah. like even working out is like working out is it's it's an endurance game. You don't just like, yeah, go out and, you know, you know, it's like I'm so proud of like, you know, gaining like the weight every week or maybe mm -hmm. every month. Um, but make it approachable. Make it approachable. Like you do you. Anybody is 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 able to come. I think there are definitely protective aspects, like don't call a tea a Darjeeling if it's not from Darjeeling. Those mm. come from the Indian tea producers, right? Who were seeing that that all their like I even that like today like Nepalese teas. I I was in a um, session by one of the Nepalese teas, which are young men of of tea uh, generation they had a western education and they want to use technology and science and they got like a government grant to use traceability um and hone in on what nepalese tea is uh and so they came mm -hmm. up with that because they found that they were producing x amount of nepalese tea but it was going out into the world and all of a sudden like it was being kind of filtered and washed Like it was not showing up as Nepalese tea. Um, and so that kind of like goes into a long winded way to for me for Vietnam is like a lot of the pure teas are um, uh, like, yeah, it's like, okay, like, you know, the Wu Yi Long or the Jasmine Phoenix, but the, the Jasmine flowers that come from Guanxi province, uh, Silver Needle that, you know, is Fujian or what have you. One of the cool things that Tivana did with the Silver Needle was we started out with a Fujian, which is a vegetal, uh, more vegetal, less sweet cultivar. That's the, the coveted China Top 10 Silver Needle by Hao Yinjian. But then we actually, you know, as, as more customers started loving um, our teas, we had to, like, the region can only produce X so much. So we disrupted the status quo by going to another region, that Guanxi area that produces, that is widely coveted for the jasmine flowers. But they too actually also start, um, actually produce uh, the silver needle, uh, which is, which is the Guanxi varietal, which is the more fat and the downy hair is like suede. And that one is more honeysuckle. And we were able to educate the new tea drinker, the consumer, on the difference between a Fujian silver needle and a Guanxi silver needle. And if you were to do a blind test, now Fujian, because of his coveted history, you know, it, it's like $75 for a kilo versus the Guangxi silver needle, you could purchase, uh, you know, for $30 a kilo. And it's kind of like the, the blind test, just taste it. Which one do you like better? And most people actually gravitated towards the Guangxi because it was less vegetal and it was more sweet. So it's like, disrupt it's okay sorry vince i'm going off on like a, i guess like a passionate rant is you it. be you do what your you, what your superpower is calling you to do and you're not going to offend anyone now i've been in the industry long enough i know haters are haters like hmm. if you talk hmm. about tivana as a brand like nicole and i kind of geeked out on this it's like it's freaking like polarizing you either love the brand or you hate the brand And it's like, well, you know what? Hallelujah. We actually gave quality teas and blends and everything in between so the customer can, and, and all the teaware. Let's not forget. Yeah, we had 
everything from like Korean jade celadon to the Chinese porcelain to the Russian Lomonosov gold blue. And then we had the Japanese cast iron. Like who the heck? Used- okay. Not a lot of people used cast iron, but it was beautiful to look at. But that's the Japanese yeah. tradition. And we reinvented it. Like we were the largest importer of Japanese cast iron. Then the entire country of Japan was ever using. <laughs> wow. um, so it's like you gotta disrupt, right? That's innovation. It's like, yeah, yeah matcha, okay, okay, you know, Urasenke Chano, you, you did it, you spread the word of matcha, but guess what? Guess who's actually spreading the beauty of matcha? I guess the, the tea ceremony, it looks like they're spreading the world of tea, but no, 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 they're actually spreading the martial art of the tea ceremony. Of the mindfulness mm. practice of being in the present, right? That that's really the the truth of it. But the people who are really disrupting matcha now is like the millennial boys, like matcha hustle, right? So disrupt the status quo. Uh, don't worry about what people are going to say because haters will always be haters. I learned that um, working at tea company. <laughs> Um, but there's more love that goes um, by um, once people learn about your intention. Um, and if you assume positive intent, then all is good. Now, the other thing um, to kind of answer your white man question, and you're probably going to be surprised with this, but the people who have unconditionally supported my mutual love for tea, if I think about it, have all mostly, mostly primarily been white men. Mm. Whether that was like a former manager, former leader, founder, uh, professional taster, uh, just all white men. Interesting. Um, And the people who just were like mm -mm, catty about it and like, I don't know, maybe jealous about my position or whatever it was were... Or maybe because it's like the, I know, like in the corporate setting, like there aren't a lot of positions and roles that are, I mean, open for women and and women can be super catty. And so in terms of the business working relationship, I haven't had a lot of women being supportive. Now, in the corporate sector, however, once I've left that organization, I mean, just like that structure and organization into my own mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's like women are just amazing <laughs> <laughs> whether you're a working mom not working mom um but that's like where like i really resonate with the working moms um older younger uh the organizations the nonprofit organizations that i want to partner with have all been women so I, I nice. just think it's just, yeah. So all is well. Um, yeah. So no, yeah. It's it's the construct that we get. Usually we are our own worst enemy, right? Yeah, definitely. So I encourage you to continue to disrupt those constructs, those societal constructs, um, and continue to surround yourself um, with, like, it sounds like you're like a major people guy and you've already mm-hmm. been successful to bring so many, you know, diverse guests of, um, yeah, the other superpower, like I, I didn't get to listen to most, uh, like actually primarily all of it, but like, it seems like you're opening uh, the doors to those who like, um, for like athletes and um, 
what have you, but from but from a true tea angle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's like that's that's awesome. Um, so keep on、thank、doing、you. that too. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. It's all beautiful to know, and I guess I'm I'm always learning. That's the that's if you want to stay on the theme of superpower of mine is I just always want to be learning, and I always want to be bettering myself, and it's it's important to note these things and. Just yeah. To again, I think it's only going to be educate me more, and the more I'm educated, the more I can be of assistance elsewhere. So, so that's I appreciate those those responses.、Um, and I, I did. Do you want to talk a little bit about any of the partnerships you have with? Yeah.、PhDs? Before yeah. we go there, so I went on a large tangent on 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 your second question and your initial question was social responsibility. But what I was trying to get to is. So I'm like you. I'm I'm inherently curious,、um, and I would rather fail ten times and learn and pivot than、mm-hmm. not learn anything and kind of you know then become complacent and do nothing. So yeah, one of the things that excites me about the tea world is that、um, it's a call to attention to kind of like what the coffee community is doing. So we're you know coffee communities in the fourth wave and um and kind of just gonna fan out on like there's like a couple of let's say like Viet- first generation Vietnamese American women yeah coffee 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 industry is dominated by men um and I know you kind of like alluded to like the tea industry too in one of your episodes but tea too is dominated by men. I know it doesn't seem like it, like on social media, especially、yeah. in terms of like tea educators, tea drinkers. Certainly, like I, I feel like eighty percent, maybe ninety percent of my customers are women. Yeah. But when you're when you're talking about like the industry, who are the buyers, sourcers, you know, producers, manufacturers, whatever? It's all dominated by men. Who are the, the business decision makers? Men. Um.、Mm. So it's so refreshing to be able to see that there are women who are disrupting the. The industry for the coffee industry, and、yeah. generally coffee,、um, especially if you're talking about like quality coffee, it's the Arabic Arabica bean,、um, mm-hmm. and like I like my African coffees, but、uh, like Vietnam is the second largest producer of coffee in the world, and they hone in on robusta, which is traditionally known to be like the less inferior quality、uh, than、mm. the Arab. Arabica, but、okay. it's all in how you sort it, and、um, like we have to be talking about robusta too. You can't just like single out. I think it was just、right. it's like a marketing play. But、um, you can roast, like sort and process, and and roast in a, a robusta bean、uh, beautifully,、um, so it cups a beautiful cup. And so these women are roasting and calling attention to, like, okay. How come? Like I didn't know that Vietnam was the second largest producer of coffee in the world. Guess what the、Here、first you one is? You're not a coffee drinker, but okay, no, no, I'll、uh, just tell you it's Brazil. Yeah, okay. I thought I was gonna say Brazil. <laughs> I was, I yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so let it be. But it's like you. It's like you can't just. So here's the thing. What just I'm talking about in a. Just to explain my point, Vietnamese teas. People don't know that Vietnam grows tea. It's like, huh?、Yeah. Because it gets overshadowed by China, Taiwan, Japan, 
and now Korea. Korea is like uh, up and coming. Um, they've always mm. been producing beautiful green teas on like Jeju Island on the southern. Yeah. I mean, that's just beautiful. Yeah, um, heard about that. Yeah. So 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 okay, but it's it's like it doesn't get like Vietnam is like it it gets basically China buys Vietnam cheaper Vietnamese teas, but they're high yeah. quality, and then kind of like resell it as Chinese oolongs. For example, uh, yeah. So you gotta like you, it just gets deeper. Um, so I am one of the other proud moments that I got to be a part of was at Tivana was okay. Let's disrupt English breakfast. You know, usually English breakfast is a blend of multiple regions, mm -hmm. and that was started by these kind of like European tea companies. You know, with like I'm sure like trying to. Like it used to be, it used to all be when we're when we're talking about the so-called loose leaf tea merchants. You buy your single origin black teas. Every region produces its own, right? But through the through the colonized nations and really just an entire supply chain industry through the clipper clipper ships clipper ships were created to transport tea from the Orient to Europe because Europe doesn't grow tea and didn't grow tea is to get how can we get tea quicker and faster to europe right where it was starting to trend and boom in the arist aristocratic families um so then english breakfast <laughs> english english breakfast hmm. uh became like that you know builders tea type you know homogenized blend uh to get that I mean, there's twofold. One is like the Irish breakfast, which is like, okay, you really want a, you know, a hearty, robust uh, black tea that gets you through the day. Uh, through, mm -hmm. um, and then um, and then you have like the English breakfast, which goes well with like the English breakfast with like the beans and the hearty, like it's like, yep. the, yeah. So, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a blend of like four different origins. And it just became just now as commoditized, as ubiquitous, as awful. So what we did was, well, well, you know, let's like restore the glory of single origin. So we went to, we partnered with, um, the famous uh, tea importers, um, Andrew Wertheim and what his father has created, the beautiful Rwandan Rikari loose leaf tea. Mm -hmm. um, and we brought, we like remarketed and we brought that in as a, as an English breakfast. It was single origin and we got yeah. to educate the, right? The new tea customer on what an English breakfast should taste like or, or could be. Yeah. And we were so yeah. successful at it. So, these like pivotal all the all the building blocks of my career have been like I'm so I'm still a work in progress. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. be clear. Um, but right now I'm very much passionate about calling attention these regions. Like so, my English breakfast is from Myanmar. Myanmar. Um, okay. Um, it's a single origin, and also if you if you actually look at the global map, that Yunnan region, like that where Pu'er is known for. Yeah. really is like the close border to Myanmar and then the northern Vietnam region, right? Those are places that have been producing um, tea for centuries and now they're still protected by ethnic minorities. That's like their livelihood, but they yeah. don't get talked about. They don't get exported enough. They don't, right? So I'm here to really support these producers and purveyors who are tied to those communities um, and so, and then, and then I have the Miti Flowery Oolong, which is from the northern region of Vietnam. 
because who's to say like if, if you're looking at a map and you were actually like if you were just like gonna look at the map from a agricultural heritage point of view like there are no borders yeah right there is no china there's no myanmar there is no vietnam there are no borders there's no politics involved it is the sheer protection of the right god-given assets these agricultural tea and botanicals and let's continue to like hone in on these regions that don't get talked enough and mm. um so that that's that's a big point for me and then the nonprofit is like i'm a startup so it's not like i'm making a kind of i'm not in like this profitable area yet to be fully yeah. transparent Yeah. Um, it takes time. So I'm kind of like giving for the sake of giving because that's what you have to do. Beautiful. So I rather, so right now, like I started out with, you know, 1% of our total profits are going to go to X amount of but like that makes no sense. And it's just like, <laughs> so like, just, okay, I'm not going to even achieve that for the next couple of years. So let's forget that. So I pivoted quickly to 1% of sales, S giving for the sake of giving, but it has, yeah. You know, I, I, it's been great. And to your point, it's, it's, it's not, it's a joke in many ways where I can only, you know, because I'm a startup, only X amount of dollars goes, but it's like you got to build it one, one community at a time, one mm -hmm. organization at a time. And at this point in time, as much as I've been surrounded by amazing men um, who have supported my career um, and have made it possible, yeah, I would say the majority have been men. Um, is I am giving back to support the the women um, and the children who don't have voices. And, and yeah. that is my mandate because I it's like, how personal can it get? I was an orphan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been a single mom before. Like it's like, and, and I've been a woman in corporate America. Um, and I know the, the ceilings exist. Like it has to be personal. So for those reasons, like right now, like I'm very much aligned to supporting local businesses, um, especially if you're working in the refugee uh, immigrant community. Um, mm -hmm. Also, yeah, orphan children. Uh, and, 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 but it's only, you know, one step of the way because ultimately I like to get to origin. Like you have to, you really have to be at origin to make an impact um, of what makes sense to that country or region. I'm sorry, yeah. region, right? Like you can't have like American point of view with American perspective and say, oh, well, you know, this is what we need to do. And that's what a lot of actually nonprofit organizations do as well. Like they've, they've, they get this grant money, you know, all of a sudden they got like this waft of money yeah. and they kind of like put it into these so-called, you know, good organizations. Um, and then they, maybe they may track the, the performance metrics for one, two, three years, and then the money runs out and then like you go in and then you go out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not the way that's, that doesn't, that's like one dimensional and it's not. So right now I'm very like, again, talking to you excites me because you're the new generation. You're seeing mm -hmm. the tea industry from a different angle, different industry angle, um different format different media representation uh one step at a time and uh that's the power of the beauty of being in the u.s as you can there is still a vortex of ways to disrupt and yeah. it seems like we're you know like the like tea is heavily it, it really touches gender inequities poverty gl uh, climate change like the whole nine yards So that's where I'm trying to steer this yeah. company. Um, yeah, one little 
one little, <laughs> one little tea company at a time. <laughs> Then that's the most beautiful message I've heard. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, Naoko, um, do you have anything else? I mean, that was that, that's beautiful. I, I I'd love to end on on that note. Just trying to end um, with that message of starting to do a little good where you can, one little yes. tea company at a time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Nicole for connecting us. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Can you give people where where can they find like your social media, your website, everything that they can uh, look up? Yeah, I see. So, like, if you're open to events, I would love to. Like, you have done partnered with like having like an exclusive like discount code. Yeah. To, to shop, um, and so I would love to have the opportunity for you to consider. Um, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I'll do like, um, what is everybody like? Is it fresh? Fresh. You could you could choose whatever steeps. you want. So, yeah, fresh steeps. Oh, that's, a, that's the podcast name. So, people have done Team Migos. People have done fresh uh, discount codes. Whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I would love for you to. Yeah, and then I'll just share you the handles and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll include this book, but uh, you want to. What's where can people find you on like Instagram? And- oh, so yeah, Instagram. I learned the I you guys, uh, your generation is like mm-hmm, you just pick it up and. It- <laughs> <laughs> But hey, it's been a savior for me as I was sharing. Like I've been silo business and like that's where my peeps are at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, key to tease is on Instagram. Um, floating teacup is like my si- I I don't know what to do with it. I just started talking, kind of like you. If you reflect on yourself to your first episode, that's where I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. It's it's been educational for me. Your your podcast has been. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I was kind of just listening to it the last couple of days, and I'm like, oh, this is this is great. Some great stuff like about like the Lipton and all that. But yeah, it's just super cool stuff. So what's that called again? Floating teacup. Floating teacup, yeah, and I'll and I will include all this in the show notes for people to find. Um, yeah, anything else? No, and then um, yeah, kitties dot com is is where the where it is right now. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank you to Noako for that amazing conversation. Remember to check out her work at kitties dot com. Or on social media at Key2Teas. If you want to dive deeper into the health benefits of tea and herbs, and learn from people like yourself, then join our free Fresh Steeps community now, so you can drink the best tea for yourself today. All you have to do is click the Fresh Steeps community link in the show notes and follow the prompt. Thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate you, love you, and hope you have a great day. Peace out.